1: My next guest today used to be a military man. He worked on something much easier than Amazon, uh, I guess, uh, when you compare it, uh, which was nuclear missiles. So he now turned uh, into a seven-figure Amazon seller. Um, He also helps others to start Amazon businesses and scale and sell with the highest return. Uh, When he's not working, It's, I find it, it's even more work, uh, but uh, he finds it relaxing. He's passionate about personal and professional growth. So with that, everybody, meet my guest, Reggie Young. Welcome to the show, Reggie.
0: Hello, Nick. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be on.
1: Well, uh, first of all, thank you for your service and thank you for uh, handling those uh, dangerous things for us. So (laughs) I'm sure that taught you uh, a lot. So when you and I discussed Uh, We were talking about Amazon, but you took a completely different approach uh, to solving challenges. And share with us what that approach is.
0: Yeah, I think what what I really tried to do when I started selling on Amazon and was met with failure after failure is I tried to really just, it sounds like such a basic answer, but just slow down. I just slowed down completely. I completely tried to unplug from everything and tear down all of what I was, had been taught and bring it all the way back down to principles, principles of differentiation, principles of um, different ways to slow down in life. Like it, I can go anywhere from meditating to journaling um, and bring, using that process to drive uh, my intuition forward to eventually build out a system and a process that helped me identify a winning product.
1: So what I'm hearing is you've got a challenge at work and your solution to the challenge is to completely disconnect from work. Yes. So that's a great way to to solve a problem at work to really just get away from it and turn to something else because it gives you a different perspective, right? So, uh, but obviously this is not like, um, I remember there's a TV show. I, I don't know if you ever watched uh, uh, Two and a Half Men.
0: I've heard of it, but I've never seen it, no.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so he's, uh, it's, one is a ladies' man. He never works. He just writes music, jingles. And then uh, his brother is divorced and has a little kid. And then he loves the kid. So one day the kid he his his brother leaves the kid with him to take care of the whole day and 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 his job is to get him to do the homework. So the first thing that the kid does, okay, what am I going to do now?" He says, "Oh, forget it, let's go to the racetrack." <laughs> <laughs> so uh he says, "Yeah, but uh how am I going to get the job done?" And then uh, he says, "Well, you just percolate." the whole day and then it will come to you so so when you say disconnect and slow down it kind of reminded me but you're not just doing uh, that kind of stuff so share with us your methodology to slow down so that we can get a better perspective
0: yeah i mean slow down means completely for me it means reducing all input so a lot of the times I feel like as entrepreneurs and myself, I'm probably the most guilty person is I push through a lot of my problems with extremely hard work ethic. I take every single course I can. I, I attack it from every single angle, uh, leverage every single resource I possibly can to try and solve a problem. Uh, but sometimes when the problem seems unsolvable or too hard or too stressful, I've found that some of my biggest successes have actually come from completely disconnecting and whether that's is something as simple as taking a break, all the way down to what I used to do is I I reached a breaking point as in, on my entrepreneurship journey when it just wasn't working. The finances weren't working out. Nothing was working out. You know, failed masterclass, failed product launch, and I thought to myself, "How do I how do I restructure all of this?" And I thought it wasn't the Amazon tactic that I was going after. It was more so my mindset. So I, I felt like I had to kind of really peel back and deconstruct that. And that came all the way back into sounds like very simple things, but meditating and journaling um, were things I really started to dive into at that point. I decided it wasn't the tactic that was messing me up; it was my mindset. It was my way of approaching problems. Regardless of if you're approaching a problem the exact same way, approaching it from a different mindset will yield a different result. I and mean, we can all think about like, you know, if we're if we're really really hungry, try and get it, try not to eat for four days. <laughs> And then try and build a business. You're not going to build the, by the best business. If you're angry, if you're frustrated, if you're tired, these things will provide inputs into your decision-making. So I started to realize that, hey, even though I'm not this angry person that I think I am, or this frustrated person, or this tired person, or this exhausted person, or this person who can't see different aspects of himself, let me now, because I'm in so much pain financially, so much pain emotionally, not having been able to reach financial success. the problem must be me at this point. It must be me, the operator. So what I did is I completely slowed down. I dove into uh, journaling, meditation, mind mapping, creating visions, problems, solutions, um, different ways to slow down, different ways to create uh, morning routines, uh, different ways of meditating. And when I was able to do that, it's like all the hard work, all the hard work was there, all the pressure was there, but it's like the intuition uh, uh, allowed me, it kind of just, You kind of just start to flow easily towards solutions instead of trying to like find a needle out of a haystack. And that's that for me was super powerful because I ended up coming up with a very advanced product filtration calculator that I made that allowed me to look at 200 opportunities after looking at a ton of them on Amazon and filtering them down by the best of the best of the best while deconstructing uh, principles and tactics that I had heard about before and coming up with a new, unique way of finding products that have uh, have done really, really well for me since then.
1: Okay, so I want to understand this, because you mentioned journaling uh, a few times now. So when you are journaling, tell us, what are you writing down?
0: Yeah, um, I've been journaling since that moment I, I first told you about. And that's that moment started for me in... 2016. Originally, it started as just a to-do list. It was a small little pocket bookcase to carry around at work, and it'd be like, "Oh, I gotta do this, 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 this." Then that small pocket book turned into a notepad, and that notepad got way too long with way too many too, too many things going on. So then that notepad turned into a, a me trying to buy different productivity planners systems, learning about different types of ways of getting things done. 80/20 rule, Eisenhower metrics, uh, flexible t- uh, time boxing, all these different things. Um, so it originally started off as A way of just trying to create more productivity in my day, but then as I went through and also having learned things from nuclear missiles, we do uh, things called a root cause analysis, like a deep root cause analysis. And it's the same thing in like the the pilot world is we identify in a mission whether it's usually we always look for the bad things in the military, uh, but something that went wrong, we try and deconstruct it all the way back um, as to what was that root that root cause problem. A root cause analysis. So it went from how do I make a really good to-do list to, oh, how can I apply what I've learned in the military about deconstructing um, problems to find a real solution? And then as I started kind of going through this process, I thought to myself, okay, it's, it's not just what, how I'm operating, it's, it's the inside, it's the, it's the battle within, it's, it's my mindset, it's all the programming, it's all the fears, the frustration, uh, all these different things that are also providing inputs into, the, into, the, into my output. So eventually I started looking into... Different ways of self-reflection, different ways of gratitude. Uh, taking different courses, trying different journals, and then I found for myself that this whole process—if you were to do—if you are to do a grat- gratitude journal and a self-reflection journal and an hour of meditation, and you know, plan out the next ten years of your life, you know, every single morning while jumping in a hot cold bath and doing, you know, have this two-hour prep work to finally get some work done, but then you gotta actually have to go to work, like you're nine to five. I found it. Really hard to do all of it. So I, over the course of the last legitimately seven years, I've been trying to build out a a really for myself originally a very structured way, but yet flexible way that allowed as life kind of ebbs and flows, as things become um, either overwhelming or underwhelming. That you know, as life throws curveballs at us, uh, I tried to come up with a system. So the things that I actually write down uh, to to answer your question, I have uh, a whole process. Uh, I actually created a journal. Um, here. And I make like 20 cents off the journal. This is not a push for the journal because I legitimately make 20 cents off the journal. Originally it started for me as a way of just not writing out a certain format every day. I just wanted to be able to have a template and come right, right to a point of action and not carry five different books around me um, at the end of the day. So here I have uh, a root cause analysis mixed in with uh, self-reflection. My daily pages uh, include what I call uh, or what people call a brain dump, which is, you know, you, you, you just don't think about the tasks you have to do at all to, at, at that day. You dump it all on a piece of paper. Uh, you do this thing called time boxing, where you try and organize based off priority and time and value. What is the most important thing in the day? And, and then you structure that out, which is pretty... It, people have heard about all of these things I'm going to be talking about before, but putting it into one system is super important. For example, I talked about starting your day um, from a place where you're not super angry and frustrated. Well, I've learned throughout this process and what works for me and, and also what's worked for a lot of other people is how important it is to, How important it is when you start your day to start with gratitude. Because when you start with gratitude, you actually raise your vibration, you raise your energy levels. If you're, if you're grateful that you have the opportunity to be an Amazon seller, if you're grateful for the health that you have, if you're grateful for these things and you really start to fit with them, you're grateful for the connections that you have in your life and you really start to let that fill you up, you, you, you actually operate differently. And you may look at products you never may have looked at before. You may have looked at systems you may have never looked at before. And these are the things. These are the real things that drive real value forward. They may not drive $10 million tomorrow. They may drive a million dollars five years from now or never, but they will drive, in my opinion, you being on the highest uh, path towards the best version of yourself. And doing this process for me has been absolutely life-changing. It's crazy. You know, It's we were talking a couple of days here into 2023. I'm talking about planning is kind of <clears throat> the stars are aligning in, in the aspect of trying to communicate to people that we have to from the most fundamental level set goals get productive you know stay focused and achieve them but if we can do them in a way that is more aligned with coming from a balanced and centered place we're much better off chasing a goal that we are more aligned with than something that we think we are right <clears throat> some people for the longest time we go through journeys of five-year periods, 10-year periods, careers, lifetimes, thinking that this is what we want. I want to be a military officer. I want to be this career. I want to have this pay. I want to make this much on Amazon. I want to have this many products. And then you get there and then what? Right? And there's different modalities of what people call happiness. Some people, we talked about it earlier. Some people think that it's, it's the process of setting goals and achieving, setting goals and achieving, setting goals and achieving. Goals and achieving right? But everyone happiness looks different for everyone but people some people who who attain and i find it pretty a, co- a pretty common theme amongst sellers and entrepreneurs there's a lot of us kind of have the religion of money we we are chasing a financial dollar instead of chasing a, a a in my opinion more of like a a feeling or an impact or what i like to call the highest version of ourselves and i find for me this process i've come up with really starts to unlock a lot of these roadblocks in people's lives to allow them to step towards that process. Even I didn't help people with, with this thought process or system or productivity system I've come up with, and then they've quit Amazon altogether. And for me, that's like, okay, well then that to me, that means that's not your path, right? Just because we, they may have got funnelled data and, and they believe Amazon FBA is the way to go. Um, we don't want to just blindly accept what people tell us or what we are consuming around us. We, we really want to find those answers within, and the only way to find those answers within or to slow down and there's so many different ways to do that yeah
1: i mean you you said so many things that are really people don't think about them because we are so busy it's the right brain left brain Uh, left brain is the one that's constantly driving you know it's mm-hmm. it's all the the process everything the to-do list and one thing after the other you get up in the morning and then you know get ready get start doing the things that that you you do every day and you don't really slow down to look at the bigger picture and in the process the mindset that you have is what feels everything and when i say what feels that doesn't mean just what feels you but what feels everything else that can come to you, so and I think that's where the gratitude plays a big role. Where uh, it's you know the 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 book that I referred to uh, earlier uh, is is the, the called Happiness Advantage. It kind of mentions this. So and in fact, th- this is a theory. Tell me if you agree with it, but. Uh, at the end of the day, everything that happens to us in life is the result of a movement. Something moves from A to B. Either we go from one place to another and then we meet somebody and then uh, in during that exchange we get an idea and then we do something with it. So, so bottom line, things go from A to B that brings people opportunities Or anything else. So, movement is powered by what? You know, if you get in the car, you have to have gas in the car, right? (laughs) So, uh, if if, uh, anything else, if you are walking, you need to have enough nutrition so that you have the energy to walk. So, the bottom line, what powers the movement is energy. And that energy is what creates a movement. And that movement can be coming to you or going away from you. So now, that's one part of the theory. The other part is when you sit down and start thinking What is your
0: brain producing? Right? Mm -hmm. It's producing energy. So
1: if you are thinking good things, that's good energy, good things coming to you. (laughs) And if Mm -hmm. you're thinking bad things, then it's bad things coming to you. So that's why people say, you know, it's your thoughts turn into ultimately the events in your life and uh, so when you say you are you slow down and then you think and then you journal starting with gratitude what i'm hearing is you are focusing on the positive and then giving yourself the time to focus on the positive right yeah
0: yeah totally um it doesn't mean at the end of the day, that we shouldn't look at at things that cause us pain in our life. And I mean, I'm not trying to create fake positivity. That's you know, I'm not trying to do that. But when I am starting my work, I have a whole process, which is why this this journal I came with is just part of a system. I actually have a full course that takes this journal and wraps it around uh, your daily practice and gives you other tools and, and systems to kind of build your own system for you. Um, but what I'm what I don't do is I don't have fake positivity you know, there, there are a lot of times throughout my day that I sit in my pain and I sit in my frustration and I decide like, and, and I, and I decide I'm angry. I'm not going to push down my anger, and my pain, because we all have anger, pain. We've all been hurt. We've all had frustration. And the more we push that down, the more it's going to come out in other ways. And there's so many different ways that, it, that manifest in, in other people's lives. But when it comes to manifesting things that we want, we want to create the highest vibration of ourselves. We want to feel the most energized, the most uplifted. And we want to create and manifest from that space. And you talk about, you know, our thoughts and how powerful our thoughts are. We're ultimately, we are the ones that manifest everything in this world. And it, everything that's ever been manifested has always been a thought first, always. So we, you're totally right. We have to watch our thoughts because our thoughts drive our, um, Our intention, our intention drives our action, right? Our action drives all kinds of things, drives our destiny, whatever. There's all kinds of different sayings like that. So slow down allows us to remove some of the pressure, remove some of the noise, remove some of that input, take a couple of deep breaths and allow for all the things we've learned in our life, right? And when I was a computer science major in university, originally, before I became a business management major, and I was taking Java and I was really struggling with Trying to learn the code, my instructor said to me, Hey, just disconnect from the computer, go home, don't do, don't do any homework for the rest of the night, which is really hard because I had a lot of homework in other classes to do. Um, and you'd be, he's like, You'd be surprised. What happens is you may solve the problem in your sleep when you wake up the next day. You may be playing basketball or doing something like that, and the answer will come to you. Right. And that, that is all types of things happening in the background. That's our, our brain still processing, our subconscious still processing everything that we need to. And then on top of that, it's relieving, it's removing the pressure, it's removing the, the I have to be on, it's removing that fight or flight uh, mode that we are in. Sometimes we think that we're working really hard, but we're really just in fight or flight. We're really just working, we're, 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 we're being busy idiots instead of being focused, powerful manifestors operating from intuition back with data and driven logic.
1: Okay, well, I like to turn busy idiots, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is that, uh, I've never heard that before. Or is that something you created?
0: No, I heard it from Gordon Ramsay years ago when yeah. I was.
1: <laughs> oh, like someone... I see. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, busy idiots. That's nice. Okay. So let's get practical a little bit. So give us some uh, ways that you are able to uh, slow down uh, with all those because it, it takes. Quite an effort, but it has to be a, a deliberate effort to have your thoughts because constantly, constantly you got stuff going on. And also, you know, you mentioned uh, the negativity that you have. So, how do you deal with those things and then slow down? What are some practical things?
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, it's one step at a time um, and it's never giving up in its consistency. But with the easiest thing that I do that anybody can do right now, legitimately do right now is they set a timer. They say, hey, Siri, set a timer three times a day to remind me to slow down. And that could come in the reminder of of a a notification, a push notification, an an Apple Watch notification. I use my Apple Watch to give me silent vibrations because I have so many reminders going on. Um, And that can be, we've seen it on Apple Watch where Apple Watch will tell you to take a deep breath and slow down. Um, We can create... We can take a few seconds and make a system right now that reminds us to slow down. And then from there, you can build whatever you want. And one of the things I talked about in my course is there's been a plethora of things that people have come up with that have helped them as simple as walking outside, as simple as taking a deep breath, as simple as closing their eyes, as simple as going somewhere quiet, as simple as listening to a certain type of playlist or, or music to raise your energy level or calm you back down right or connecting with one person every single day that you that you love when I was building out my business, I got to the headspace where i I shut I pushed everyone out because people didn't understand you know my nine-to- five job didn't understand what I was doing outside of work my family didn't really people understand to an extent but as an entrepreneur when you got to make when you got to make it work, you have to make it work no matter what's happening in your life no matter your health no matter anything and I felt that some people didn't understand so I ended up pushing a lot of people out of my life because I would go and hang out with friends. They'd invite me to the next thing and I'd say, hey, I, sorry, guys, I can't make it. I got this to do. And sometimes it, they ended up getting frustrated at me thinking that I didn't value them as a friend. Like, oh man, don't worry. Just come out, You just come out and have a drink for, for 30 minutes or you just come by and say hi. And you know, But that kills momentum sometimes when you're trying to create a, a, a deep flow state, right? You can't just be doing this stuff you know, all the time while having a nine to five job, right? So uh, there's to get back to your answer, there's so many different practical ways, the easiest ways to set. Reminders now, and you can build out a little mini routine. You don't have to build out this whole two-hour thing where you jump in. Sorry, you jump in an ice bath. Crazy thing. If I could share my screen right now, I would. I literally just got my notification that happens on my desktop, and it said that little bing. If anybody heard it, the question says, "Did you meditate?" Question mark. Because that's the habit I was trying to build a a long time ago. Of. of, Daily meditation and it wasn't working. I, I wasn't building the habit. I was too busy diving into my checklist for the day. Uh, so I created a reminder that reminded me, "Hey, meditate." Because sometimes you know, slowing down and removing that uh, will allow you to completely shift or do things differently. So yeah, timers number one. Uh, you can make just a little sheet if you want. You can right now on your iPhone, click create notes, and then create like a like a calm checklist or or slow down checklist, and it could be something that takes a minute. Take a deep breath. Stand up, walk outside for for a minute. Come back, take another deep breath. Put some music on, and that's what I do. That's what you do three times a day. Check it off. Right? There's all so many different things in my course. I list out a, a ton of different things we can do. But do what makes you feel good to start with is is what I can say. What makes you don't cope, but do what makes you good. Makes you feel good to start with. Do something healthy that makes you feel good.
1: And how long do you usually allow for these little? But periods of slowing down,
0: yeah. Um, for me personally, like, um, when I'm running, I would say like fully optimized. This is just me and where I'm at right now. Um, and because I'm using an Apple Watch, which for me has been the most beneficial. Um, because when I started creating all, the downside to creating a lot of alarms, if it's not a reminder or if it's an actual alarm, is it the alarm goes off and can be very annoying to a lot of people, or you end up not seeing it because you see so many alarms and then the stimulus becomes your baseline, right? Um, yeah, so. Depending on on how I'm working, I have maybe had multiple alarms, but usually it's about every 45 minutes, I normally do some kind of 30-minute grounding exercise. And that, for me right now, it looks like stand up, take a deep breath, stretch my low back, get water, and maybe walk outside for a second or two, um, and try and completely disconnect from what I'm doing and then come back. So that's like my every... 45 minutes to an hour. I'm trying to do that. Sometimes I miss it. I may be on a podcast call. I snooze it. I may miss it for another two hours or so. But when you start this process, it doesn't have to be something that you hold yourself to. Nobody runs a marathon, right? Their first time taking a walk, right? It's just about, hey, take a step forward. You fell down. You're not going to take another step for a week or two. That's okay. Don't be hard on yourself, right? Just be be happy that you are witnessing yourself, trying to be a better version of yourself and be like, hey, okay, I missed it this time, but I'm going to get it next time. If I don't get it, I'll do it again. And then when you do get it, you're like, ah, this feels great. And you start to build habits, right? And of course, there's different ways of building habits by habit stacking and one, one trigger creates a habit and that habit, it creates another trigger, right? That's like a, a pretty common thing in the very famous book, A topic, Habits, that it really helps with building habits. Uh, so there's so many different ways to go about it. And I tried to put all, like, again, all of that into a system and a daily routine, because we can have a planner, right? You can have a planner, you can have a list that just takes care of the day. What about how you start your day? What about your morning routine? What about an evening routine? What about your plan for the week, plan for the month, plan for your life, plan for other people in your life, plan for how you, how you impact them, how you approach them. Right. So it, it, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's never just a sheet of paper or a hack or a system. It's the totalitarian. Like inputs of all these small monumental things that we try and put into our life, and having that compile and just create momentum, create energy, create fluidity, and just let that drive forward. And then with that, we align to what we want to do. What do we want to align with? Hey, right now I want to create nine to five income. I've identified Amazon is what's calling me towards doing that. So I'm going to do this today, this today, this today, from this balanced and centered place.
1: So I heard you mention something at the beginning that no input so when you are slowing down no input that means that there is no uh, phones emails or anything going on tv sound or tell us what that no input entails
0: right yeah i mean it's based off your environment and your ability to do that right so when i was underground (laughs) legitimately when i was underground nuclear missiles officer You can't, you can't disconnect and not monitor and not respond to messages and things that are happening actively. If you're a nine to five job, you're, you have things, you have family around you. It's hard to reduce input, right? So you try and reduce it as much as you can. That comes down to, well, of course, there's things that are going on in our life where it's a nine to five, where you can't just be like, all right, boss, I'm leaving. I'm out the door for the next two hours. And then I'm coming back in when I feel, when I feel good and ready. That's not what I'm talking about. What's really great now as an entrepreneur, I can do that. If I'm having a bad day and I feel like, hey, I'm pushing the wrong way, I'll just completely close everything off. Maybe look at the most important thing that I need to do because I've already planned that out. I'll look at that and be like, hey, can this wait or not? And maybe push through in that sense. I don't know. But reducing it could input could be is all the ways like, hey, I'm right now, this is too much. I actually did that a few days ago. I left, I'm at WeWork right now. I left WeWork, Todd Uber home, legitimately turned off all my lights and I, I literally crawled into bed. And I slow down. And some people would see that as giving up. There's a difference between being in a fawn state, a state of inaction, a state of helplessness, a state of, ina- you know, like I said, inaction. That's not what I'm talking about, right? And the, As entrepreneurs, we're always focused on the go, 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 do, 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 do. turn the wrench, turn the wrench, turn the wrench. And sometimes you gotta, we just got to let off the gas, man. We just like, got to cool down. And sometimes the fastest way to cool down is, to not, is not to put the gas in. That means reducing all input. Um, and that can be as easy as, legitimately, as easy as taking a deep breath, walking to another room for a minute or so. That's the benefit of if you're doing it every forty-five minutes, is you're not letting this this pressure tank fill up as much. Um, so depending on what's going on in your life and and how things happen, you, it it really just comes down to that self awareness of, am I frustrated? Am I angry? Right? And that can be, in my opinion, know a lot of the best things happen right now by asking it's all about asking the right question. We see this with chat GBT3 right now. Everyone now is finally saying, ask the right question. Because once we ask the right question, we will intuitively know what to do. Our, Our body, spirit, mind is the best computer out there. It's the best computer. And it isn't until we ask the right question, until we slow down enough to ask that right question, can we actually pivot and move things forward?
1: So when you slow down, are you? What are the thoughts that you you have in in your
0: head? Anger, frustration, helplessness, um, inspiration, motivation, uh, excitement. Um, I started thinking about other people. What 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 did this person do to me? How did that make me feel? Why do I feel that way? What what can I take responsibility for? Wait, why may they be thinking this way? How can what about what they said is true? What about what they said is not true? What about this process of working on Amazon? Why isn't it not working for me? Is it, is it me not doing the process well? Do I have to go through another repetition? Um, and you know, do I know enough? Am I doing the right thing right now? These types of things will happen naturally. Like the, the mind and, and the body and the spirit will, will, will ask those questions and you'll answer them, but you'll never be able to hear them if we're busy idiots in the background making a bunch of noise, you know? Um,
1: so. so you're not going into your uh, slowing down mode with intentions to think about certain things. It's just you simply unplug and then let things come to you, whatever that is.
0: Yeah. yeah. If, uh, if you give a framework that sometimes that's not slowing down, right? If If we say... And that's the that's the limitations with a lot of productivity systems and journaling systems and, and guided meditations and things like this is they're good to an extent, but nobody knows exactly what you need better than yourself. Nobody knows nobody knows that better than yourself. So if you're if you're applying the 80-20 rule in your life forever, <laughs> like you're gonna end up a certain way, and that everything will come at a cost. Every single thing will come at a cost. A frame, a one way of thinking for the rest of your life will come at a cost. Hopping everybody and everything they're doing because it works will come at a cost. Hoping will come at a cost. Then the only way to identify these things moving forward in our business, in our life, in our personal life, in our relationships is to slow down. Let those feelings come through. Just let them enter your mind and sit with them. Don't to come off and push them off and be like, oh, I don't like that because I, I don't want to feel uncomfortable right now. So I'm going to push that away and give myself some fake positivity to raise my vibration and be all happy, lucky and then continue to cope and move in the wrong direction. That's not what I'm saying. Slowing down sometimes can be extremely painful. Extremely painful. Yeah,
1: so if you, because you know how it is, negativity always wins over positivity. So it's, for for whatever reason, it's always more attractive to to think about the the, the bad stuff. So uh, if you let yourself be overwhelmed with all those negative thoughts. So by the time you you are done, you may be in a in a worse place. So how do you deal with that?
0: Yeah. Oh totally. Yeah. Like like I said, slowing down sometimes means being in a worse place. But the reality is is you're already there. It's just now you're witnessing it. You are already there, which is why you're stressed out, which is why it's not working, which is why you don't feel motivated and fulfilled, and that you're moving, that you're on purpose and that you're the, the highest version of yourself. You're in that stressful place because you were already there. And now you're finally witnessing how you feel. So when you when you feel that way, when you feel angry or frustrated, you then you can ask yourself, how do I take radical responsibility? How do I set boundaries with the person or the events that cause this? How how can I what you know from the most basic mindy way of thinking about it, what root cause analysis can I apply here to to my goals? How, How did I? how do i end up in this situation you know asking those types of questions what can i do better next time how can i show love how can i how can i be in line with my values with my budget with whatever it is right and then from there from that pain now we have direction and clarity because we slowed down and i'm not saying you have to find pain to find clarity it's not what i'm saying at all but a lot of the times the thing we've been avoiding which is pain on the opposite side of that is clarity and Whether it's happiness, distractions, or pain or whatever it is, whatever those inputs are, we have to remove them because only by shedding those inputs can we have the self-awareness to remove the veals and the layers and the and the programming and what what this person said or how I felt or how I've been pushing for two, three days, or or whatever, because I have all these things going on in my life, right? It's that slowing down that allows us to witness ourselves and witness what we truly want. And it's from there the real work begins. From there it's man, I did this in this relationship and it, it, it really jacked up my relationship or it's hurting me this way. And, this, and because it's hurting me this way, I hurt others. Man, I really just, I really didn't want to take advice from my friend who has done this in business because my ego's in the way and I want to show them that I'm better than that. So instead of slowing down and hearing that person's honest advice, I didn't listen to it. Now I'm $10,000 in debt because I didn't listen to them. Man, maybe if maybe if I listened to that person who had success in that moment multiple multiple times, maybe I could have actually learned something from them, and I'd be in a different place. So it's just that's it's that that's that power of slowing down.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the this is this is an example of you know things get a lot worse before they get better situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you
1: have to, I guess, you have to face it. So I, I. um uh, no, I mean, I, I, this is this is powerful stuff in the sense that, you know, you said something just a minute ago that, you know, the, those thoughts that come to you and then by the time you give yourself the break to be flooded with those thoughts, being in a worse place, what you said is you are already there. You just don't know it yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's it's already affecting everything else so at least face it you know and then the, the the work starts about how so now the practical question is okay fine so you 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 sat down you figure things out and now you know what happened and why you are in ten thousand dollar debt. But what are you gonna do about the ten thousand dollar debt? So yeah. how, how are you gonna get out of it? So uh, all this this thinking—how does it help you pay the pay right. what you owe right now? So what right. do you do with that?
0: You keep moving and you keep moving forward, and that's what happened to me. I um, when I was going through this my process of entrepreneurship journey and failed product launch the failed product launch, I was running out of money. I was running out of money, and. It wasn't until I slowed down. I legitimately I put a ton of money in crypto. This was um, around 2020. 20, I forget when. And then it got all. I put a bunch of money in. It went all the way up. Crypto had crash. I had depleted my savings account after going through a military academy, being an officer in, in the military, saving all this money, living super cheap, and I was still losing money. I was running out of cash. And it wasn't until I slowed down again, like I had mentioned earlier in the podcast, I. I, I thought to myself, what can I control? What do I like doing? You know, uh, what, course, what courses, what resources do I have available to me? Let me go right back down to the principles of product selection and creating a product. Let me remove some of these other things that people are doing. Let me zig instead of zag. Where, where do I think things can be done better? I asked myself all these questions. I just kept asking myself questions, slowing down, asking myself questions. And eventually, I didn't just jump into the next thing. You know, I didn't just like keep clicking on Alibaba looking for the next product, right? I didn't just keep like running through different software thinking like that the software going to me the answer. It's not what I did. Instead, for me, I found a process that worked for myself. Um, and then that for me was building out uh, a really intense spreadsheet uh, for helping myself find products, product criteria, and filtering product criteria. So instead of looking, instead of spending hours and hours building a list of 10, I'd spend an hour building a list of 200. And then after those 200, I compared 200 using a really unique process and spreadsheet. And then I was able to rack and stack the top 200, look at the top 5% of opportunities. And then from there, I used everything I had learned in my past failures and the courses I was taking. And from there, I was able to source a product for $3,000 and eventually turn that into over $800,000 worth of profit. And I, I wouldn't have gotten that way if I'd have been slowed down because the product I got into at that time, that every, the top three reviews on average had about 2,000 reviews. And if, if I got into that product, not having slowed down, if I just looked at it, like, like a busy following all these like things that I was doing before, I would have never have found that product. i never gotten, would have never gotten into it. So uh, that's what you do to move forward is you, is you don't give up, right? It's not a slow down. Then all of a sudden you find enlightenment and you find the thing and everything gets, it's good to go. No, you slow down. Then you take action. You slow down. Then you take action, right? It's that feedback loop of action reflection action reflection
1: yeah i mean uh, it's it's true you know there's another thing i heard i i mean we're talking the, the, the this show is called amazon legend so it's it's about uh, making it on amazon share experiences share what works what doesn't work uh, pick up some good tips and a lot of the times these conversations are tactical. So, there is a saying that I love. Strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. But tactics without strategy is noise before defeat. So, all this. all this tactical conversations about how to run PPC, how to create your exactly. Uh, pictures, how to create your A plus pages, uh, how to increase your conversion. All those things are tactical things. What you are talking about is not even the strategy, but it's the uh, the fundamentals of the the approach to your Amazon business. Maybe you are doing, excuse me, everything right, but it's a broken business model. Maybe it. it, it no matter what. Even if you get everything right, it's still not going to get you the kind of life you are hoping to achieve. So, uh, And how do you know the answers to what the right things are, is what you are talking about in the end. And this can be applied all the way from the top uh, of your business model, your margins, your relationships, what how you feel about the product you are selling, all the way down to how you're managing the people who are helping you, how you are running the campaigns, the keywords, right? It's all different things that <laughs> yeah. that uh, can apply. So uh, it's just uh, getting the right perspective on what you're trying to accomplish is key. Totally. the people don't spend time on these things, you know because they're busy. Everybody is busy.
0: yeah totally yeah we're that's and that's why it's slowing down is in my opinion is the most powerful thing and the way i think about it too is like a lot of people who reach next level types of success in different categories of what we define as a society as successful if we look at, at what they do a majority of them have some kind of routine some kind of planner some kind of process um and at a minimum that that should be enough in my opinion for someone to start Going down this pathway, instead of going down the pathway of I'm gonna take this course and I'm gonna do every single action in here and we're not gonna eat yeah. sleep or you know like it's that self reflection uh, that I think really helps people uh, find success and fulfillment.
1: Yeah, fulfillment is uh, you know success again. Definition of success is different for everybody, yeah. and uh, I I also want to say this. You know everybody is index to money you know it's making money, right it's it's the focus is always money. Money is not the the end game. it's a byproduct. it's a metric that's all it is and it's how you are measuring things usually it's measured with money but it is a byproduct of the value that you generate out of you know whether it's a product you're selling, Or uh, if you are providing a service, it's the the knowledge that you share with somebody. That's the real value. And if you can focus on the value, uh, then the money will take care of itself. Because if there's no value in the first place, then it doesn't matter how how hard you work. Uh, For example, on Amazon, how do you measure value? Well, you measure value with the ratings, the reviews that you have, right? That's the ultimate goal. It's not yeah, the yeah. sales. I mean, Amazon's A9 algorithm. You know, the reason why they call it A9 is because it's looking at nine different things. So, well, one of them is reviews, but not all nine are. They contribute equally. So, your your reviews matter. Your uh, daily order number of orders matter, but you can't get it. The, the sales without having all nine different things contribute. So you need to pick the right keywords and things like that. So it's, it's just uh, different things. And just money is really, you want to take the money out of the equation and then focus on what is the value. And then maybe that's where the biggest question is. Maybe you're not really you're not really uh, delivering the value that that the product is supposed to deliver so
0: yeah yeah totally that's one thing i say in my um, my uh, product and market validation course is the number one thing you want to focus on and it drives back into value right the value it's hard to create value when value is everywhere so like if you're looking at whatever's on page 1 for whatever keyword you're looking on right value sometimes that value obviously is creating use case functionality, all that type, different types of stuff. But to stand out in value, you have to have differentiation. So, if you're going to focus on anything else, focus on the product itself, not the packaging, not the whatever. Focus first on the product. Ask yourself is it creating value? Is it creating the value that the customer wants? And is my value opposite, my value proposition, is it so differentiated or, or so much better than everyone else? that it deserves to be on page one, position one, maybe, maybe, I would say maybe two or three for position two or three. If not, then you need to look further or you need to look at a whole nother product, in my opinion, right? And that's, that, that's like, a, you know, we're kind of shifting focus now into value and differentiation. But w- instead of learning about oh, PPC and, and how, you know, my ROAS influences, influences my, my cost influences my click-through rate, com- influences my conversion rate. And man, if I just spend, it wasn't for that, if I didn't have such a low budget keyword or this and that, and then I would have made it. Or, you know, if my, if my Chinese supplier wouldn't have messed up or if this wouldn't have happened. It's like, no, if, like, if you focus first on product differentiation and creating that value first, everything starts to work out. Assuming you did mo- the, the critical things correct. If your product differentiation, your value is there, your PPC will work completely better. It'll be a night and day difference than the rest of the market because it makes sense, right? But if it's not, then everything starts, all of a sudden your conversion rates are falling you know your your influencer campaigns don't work your google ads aren't working nothing's working because the value isn't there you're driving traffic you're spending energy on a listing that doesn't offer value to what else is there
1: yeah well one of the things that uh, came up frequently with my other guests was Uh, Amazon is a marketplace of keywords instead of seeing it as a marketplace of products. People are searching keywords. So first of of all, you need to really associate your product with the keywords. So that's what's going to bring the exposure to your product. You can do all the PPC advertising. Let's say you have all the... The money in the world, the endless budget to get to buy every to bid on every single keyword. Well, they're not going to do anything unless people click on it, and people are going to click on it if they feel that oh, the product that they are looking at, the picture of, is relevant to the search that they've just done with that uh, keyword. Then comes the next thing, and the next thing is what is their experience is going to be like using that product in terms of how it's going to impact them. Whether it's, if it's a utility type product, what problem is it going to solve? How much is it saving time or is it something that that keeps costing money or, or whatever the case may be? Or if it's an emotional type item, uh, where yeah like you're buying toys for your kids or or some uh, educational product so how will the kid feel about using that you know playing with it so it's all about having people see themselves using the product and then sharing that uh, that experience in so many words with with pictures putting them in the picture so to speak mm-hmm. that is Going to communicate the value. That way you people will connect with the item that you are selling. So yeah,
0: totally. I, mean, it, yeah. I I hear what, what you're I saying too. That. Yeah, I'd like to kind of overlap that with you know, when I was the number six best selling chef knife, I think it was 2018, before I stocked out on December 5th. <laughs> Unfortunately, I lost out on a lot of sales. Could never recover from all those lost sales. Um, I, I, I got so granular with with trying to map that. Um, that experience to, to the customer, right? We, we want to provide that differentiation. So I went and found a chef knife that was completely different than the rest of the market, but still matched the market, which is very important. Had a really beautiful handle on it. I was able to pull out, I knew what people wanted. I did all the research, but I did the research so granularly that I know, of course, people wanted a sharp knife, but I knew the word they were looking for was, quote, sharp right out of the box, was how they described their experience. So that, so that for me, I was like, okay, the box needs to be legit. Like this is gonna be kind of a giftable item, so I want the box to be legit. I had a magnetic clasp with a nice Japanese logo on there. I like done the research on what logo it should be. Had nice, all these different things, right? I created the bullets that said sharp right out of the box. So that's just instead of just saying sharp and and giving some type of carbon steel that nobody knew what was what, I said sharp right out of the box. And then I went and said, it's this, this type of steel, but then I compared it and said, which is two to three times stronger than X steel for people who care about steel and stuff like that. That's how I mapped the market, created that differentiation. One, even though the product itself was sharp and had steel that was already on the market, I created a differentiation through understanding the target market and then relaying that to the customer in a way in which they could understand and which they wanted it to be heard and experienced, which was sharp right out of the box. And then I took that bullet point sharper right out of the box because I knew how important it was. I knew his priority because I could tell by its, the frequency in which it showed up in his reviews. And then I was able to craft a story. So when I crafted the story with the bullet points and the data, I was able to craft an image board of what the story should look like. And then with the image board, I was able to show legitimately the box, <laughs> the knife, and I would say sharper right out of the box. And in the video, I had the, the influencer, the video person who was making the video. They legitimately, I said, Show the box opening, flipping it around and grabbing the knife. And then when that happened, I had a professional audio person come over the video and they timed it with sharp right out of the box. Right. And then then I knew what knife or what things people were cutting a chef knife with and order a frequency. So I knew it was fruits and vegetables first, onions number one, then fruits and vegetables, then meat, then sushi specifically. So then I made sure that I had shots of each one of those. And I prioritize them based off their frequency. And that was just from the keyword or from the the, the balanced word of sharp right out of the box. So I did that and I did it for everything. For every single product, I find at least three or four of those really important, unique selling points, points of, your unique selling points that people's things care about become your points of differentiation, becomes how you tell your story, becomes your marketing material, becomes all your creative, all those different things. And you just tell them a really nice, good story. And uh, then you just keep doing it over and over until you reach success yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean uh it's uh, you know you 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 said the word granular this is as granular as it gets (laughs) so uh, that's the only way uh so uh, reggie this was very interesting so we covered the fundamentals of really success and and then you tied it back to how you actually applied it so um very useful so let's learn a little bit about you. So tell us, uh, I know you were in the military, but tell us about your early years. Where did you grow up and how did you get to uh, make the decisions that you made in your life?
0: Sure. Yeah. I was born and raised in Hawaii. I, my parents got divorced when I was eight years old. And every Monday I would switch houses. Every Monday I'd pack all my stuff up or most of it in a couple of bags. And I would switch houses every single Monday, like clockwork. Um, and when I looked around, when I turned 17 or 18, I was a straight DNF student. Uh, I loved playing video games. I was really good at Super Smash Brothers for the GameCube. If everybody wants to, wants to have a good fight, we can, we can play. Um, and I decided, looking forward, I just knew that, that I could do more, even though I was the laziest kid you ever met, the laziest kid you ever met who couldn't solve a pre-algebra problem to save his life. Um, I just knew that I wanted to jump into the fire for, for many different reasons so that, um, so that I didn't end up like people that I saw like four or five years ahead of me. I just didn't want a certain lifestyle. Um, I wanted to make my parents proud. I wanted to prove to myself that I could do things. I wanted to serve my country. I want to do all these different things. So I just decided, and I want school to be paid for, but I had DNF grades, so I knew applying for scholarships wasn't going to work. I hate writing. So I just decided, you know what, in t- 2007, um, I'm going to join and enlist in, in the military. And uh, so I, I just signed up in the, I want to be originally, a, I wanted to be a combat medic. Uh, the military instead decided that I would be a medical technician. So I did more like CDC type of public health work, uh, tracking swine flu and adenovirus as a medical technician. Um, and then my boss decided I'd be a great officer in the military, but they had to send me to a military university, which is the Air Force Academy. But because my grades were so bad before, um, I had to go to a year of a military preparatory school. So I gave up my rank after being in for three years. Uh, went to this military preparatory school. I was 22 years old being uh, trained by people younger than me, telling me about how the real military was, um, while also trying to learn calculus. I went, from, I went from algebra to calculus one in 10 months. And I did that in math, science, and English. And it was extremely hard. Um, while having to humble myself around people who were telling me Things about the military that I already knew. Um, and then I went to the Air Force Academy for four years, and I was just constantly redefining what hard work meant. You know, Calc 1, Calc 2, Aero, Astro classes, calculating like how satellites transfer across, like weird stuff like that. While water survival class in the morning, while trying to learn how to code to be a computer engineer, then, then switching to computer science because I love computer science and wanted to build the next Iron Man suit. I thought that was really cool. I couldn't really hack it with everything going on. Stressed out at that point, reaching 26 years old in university, broke, stressed out, um, switched to business management to survive, ended up discovering my passion for business, realized that I love creating more than I like anything else. And business was kind of the way of doing that. And I love money. So I was like, oh, business is where it's at. Uh, I, want to be, I want to map towards the most uh, private equity type of business job there was in the military at the time. Unfortunately, I wasn't selected for that. Uh, they had a bunch of things happening in the nuclear community at the time, so they selected more uh, officers from the Air Force Academy to become nuclear missiles officers. Uh, so I was underground. I spent about a day and a half above ground, a day and a half below ground as a nuclear missiles officer for about f- a little over four years, about five years, five years with training. And um, it was there that I discovered my obsession for entrepreneurship. I originally, like I said, I wanted to do business on the outside, and I decided, hey. At the end of my five-year contract, I would be 13 years in the military. I want to get out after 13 years and I want to pursue business. Um, but I couldn't go to any schools or in, in my small town, local area of Minot, North Dakota, an hour south, or hour south of the border. There was, it was cold country. There was, there was nothing there really that I could do educational-wise. So I was like, well, let me do a master's in finance. Let me do all these different things. And very quickly, I realized what I liked doing was entrepreneurship. I, my first thing to build my resume was I wanted to say I did something on the side. So I sourced uh iPhone 6 case from Alibaba. I didn't take any kind of course. I thought my degree in management from the university was more than enough. After $4,000 in, in lost advertising, boxes and boxes of iPhone cases, and my mom being basically my only customer besides somebody in Turkey that filed the chargeback, uh, I decided, hey, you know... I should probably take a course. And then, after taking the courses and courses and courses and still failing, meaning some success, my first Shopify store did $64,000 in sales the first month, but I had paid for a lot of coaching because I had had some extra money at the time. So I was just doubling down, doubling down. Eventually, I was like, okay, what I wanna do? I love entrepreneurship. I wanna have the freedom to work from my laptop and be anywhere in the world. Pretty crazy because eventually, after a few years, I, you know, success and failure, I'm able to replace my income fully. COVID happens. I start traveling. The world locks down. I find myself in Mexico. Everyone goes fully remote. And I'm like, man, if I knew everyone was going to work remotely, maybe I would <laughs> just, just got like a regular job and you know work remotely. But thankfully, um, things are going really well. I was consulting for, for businesses who have exited uh, for $3 million and up and um, helping people on, from a freelance perspective. Eventually, decide decided to sell my business with that investment I told you about, turning a $3,000 investment to over $800,000 in profit. That includes the exit. And um, since then, I've gone on to consult with other aggregators. I've decided I, w- I want to give back to the person that I was five years ago when I was stressed out being a busy idiot, not having the tools and the resources. One, the system, as slow as it is, is slower, as low as it comes down to like, uh, or as simple as it comes down to slowing down with a, a good journaling system, a good productivity system, which is why I came up with this journal that I may legitimately make 20 cents off of. I just want to get it in people's hands, um, and then building out a course library to help other e-commerce sellers. So the last nine months on top of consulting here and there and traveling and doing a lot of self-work and a lot of slowing down to deconstruct things that I've learned to, to unlearn the things that I want to learn and reach different things that I want to learn uh, and, and obtain. Uh, I've been doing that. Like, and then, like I said, building out this course library to eventually, if anyone ever hears this, and they're maybe in a similar situation or know somebody that is. I'd never want to charge thousands and thousands of dollars like I got charged. I spent over sixty k on education, on e-commerce education, ten thousand dollar masterminds, three thousand dollar courses, click funnel, SEO, everything, dropshipping, Google ads, you know, Facebook ads, everything, SS, you know, SMA, like all of the, all the things, and um, trying to find that success, trying to put all those things together, and uh, I never want to be. I just want to give that back, but I don't want to give it away for free because I want to be compensated for my work a little bit. Some of that is to a bonus to my team um, and then give some people an incentive to to actually change their life. So what I do is this, this vault subscription is $18 a month, or it's like 500 bucks if you want to buy lifetime access. And in there, I'm just loading it up with course after course after course of e-commerce, digital and marketing. How
1: share marketing. with us, how can people uh, find that? Where, where can they sign up?
0: Yeah. If anyone's interested at all, they can go to regyoung.com forward slash, um, slash vault um, or the link The link in your description as well, uh, preferably. And uh, with that, if you are a vault member, you actually get a free copy of this journal, which means I lose money, <laughs> but I, I really want to help people. And uh, there I provide uh, group coaching, private coaching, um, just uh, continually adding value. It even includes software um, that makes the it basically covers the cost uh, for for sellers, and that is kind of my promise fulfilled. and one great thing about it is I donate a meal to a hungry person in need every month with uh, with the income that comes from that from, from from individual subscriptions. So it's kind of meant to be a win-win for everybody. The entrepreneur wins because now they have access to information that cost me a life not a lifetime, but a lot of pain and finances. Complying those things yeah. together, yeah. things, to learn, experiences, partnerships, software. Um, it helps a person in need. Uh, and then I can tag it as a bonus to my virtual assistants and it just, everybody wins in a way.
1: So Yeah, uh, great. So we, we will definitely post this, the link in your, with your episode. So it will be circulated. So um, you put everything that you worked hard for into this uh, subscription-based service that you are offering people. Yeah. And then also anybody wants to work one-on-one, you are also able to offer that through that same system,
0: yeah. right? Yeah. I, I legitimately put 99% of what I know behind the vault. The 1% I save for private coaching and for high-ticket clients. Um, but yeah, I, put, I, I do that. And then as well is the other thing I, I'm doing uh, that other entrepreneurs may be interested in is I am also a certified exit planning advisor. Um, So I help people who are interested in selling their businesses. And one thing I do is instead of just referring them to a brokerage is I actually look at your Amazon business as another entrepreneur, provide my value, my input. I look, having now work with aggregators, all the biggest brokerages, the upcoming ones. I try and provide value negotiation. I sit on the negotiation calls with you. I connect you with my CPA, my network to try and maximize your valuation, both before uh, exit and after exit as well.
1: Great. Thank you, Reggie. So give us the contact information one more time.
0: Sure. It's reggieyoung.com. That's R-E-G-G-I-E. Young, like opposite of old, com forward slash vault. And if for some reason, $18 isn't enough to get you moving, just click the free pop up that shows up. And I have a ton of resources that will help you out right now with wherever you are in your entrepreneurship journey.
1: Great. Thank you. This was a very unusual episode, but I would say as we discussed a very high value uh, and I would recommend everybody to take it to heart and apply it. Uh, Thank you for being here, Reggie.
0: Nick, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Take care, everyone.
1: Thank you. And this brings us to the end of another episode and I'll see you on the next.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure and subscribe, rate, and review our show. And be sure and share an episode with a friend. And thank you so much for being with us today. We'll see you next week here on Amazon Legends.